0: I was always so money and success driven. Like I just—that's why even you know part of the reason I went to pharmacy school. Like I want to make good money. I want to be able to buy nice things. But it's just not worth it. Like I'd rather have less and be happy.
1: Hey guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Active Ingredient Podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I am a deeply curious person who is constantly on a mission to uncover the light that exists within all of us. On this podcast, I talk to people from all walks of life who have uncovered their light and actively cultivate it in their everyday, whether it be through career, relationships, spirituality, or a combination of the three. My hope is that these conversations help us start uncovering our own light that already exists within us, which is what I like to call our active ingredient, so that we can tap into it, bring it to the forefront, and live the lives that we were intended to. Hello. I am so happy to be back doing another podcast. And I hope you guys are all doing amazing and enjoying the seasons changing. I don't know where you're listening from, but I'm based in Brooklyn and I've been loving the seasons changing. And I actually just, doing this intro from Aspen, we came on a quick little trip and I really, really miss nature. I feel like my lungs and my soul needed this fresh air literally more than ever. Being in Brooklyn for the past two months, it's been like really hard to get that like quality fresh air. So again, I'm not sure where you guys are listening from, but I just wanted to kick off the podcast just saying that I am definitely making a personal note to make some more time to get some fresh air because wow, I really feel the difference. But anyway, it's another week. So we have an all new episode and I am beyond excited for this one because it's with Dr. Mona Vand, who is a pharmacist and content creator, who is truly, truly one of my favorite follows on YouTube and Instagram, because she's always serving such interesting and thoughtful content when it comes to wellness and nutrition, which obviously you guys know are two of my favorite topics. And she does it in such an easy to digest way. So if you don't already follow her, I absolutely suggest that you guys check her out definitely on YouTube and on Instagram. On this episode, we go through Mona's journey from being a full-time pharmacist to now being a full-time content creator and how her path was not linear at all. We discuss the importance of money not being your biggest motivator, why she took a two-month-long digital detox to reconnect with herself and step outside of the content-creating rat race, and what her key learnings were during that time, how she's creating conscious content today, and why you absolutely cannot rely on anyone else to make your life interesting for you. So with that, let's get into this week's episode with Dr. Mona Vand. So thank you so much for being on the Active Ingredient Podcast. I'm a huge fan and I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I actually want to kick off this podcast a little differently than I do all my podcasts because I'm very intrigued by this social media detox that you did. Um, and I want to know what the impetus was to do it, what, how long it went for, and what your goal was um, with doing it.
0: Um, I think it was uh, a little bit of a buildup. I just felt like for the last six months or, you know, prior to that, I, I wasn't having the best relationship with it where it just felt very busy work. It didn't feel very inspired. I just felt like it was more of like a gotta keep up, like, you know, what, what's the latest trend. And it just felt really rat race to me. And the idea of taking a break was like crazy to me, even taking like a two week break was wild. I think I like, did something similar to that. I don't even think I fully did it back in March. And so anyway, um, I wasn't going to do it, but then like the holidays were coming up and what's funny is my boyfriend actually, uh, we had a lot of talks about it and I really look up to him and he was just like, I promise you like nothing bad will happen. Like, you know, like almost kind of bringing me back to like okay. I made me realize the world doesn't revolve around social media. And I think my happiness and why I chose to get into this career was the most important to me. And I wanted to like, take a step back and decide more big picture because I was thinking so short-term, like, Mm -hmm. what am I posting tomorrow? What's going on this week? Whereas like, what do I want my next move to be? Like, what, what direction? I think, um, not to give you such a long-winded answer, but no, no,
1: I'm like super fascinated by okay. this, I think so many people don't feel like they have the permission to do that. Like, I, yes. I own my own company, so like the thought of not being available for two months, I, I like don't even know how to figure that out.
0: <laughs> right, so, you're almost like everyone's gonna forget about me. Like everything, exactly. or will be gone. So I had Exactly. All- All of those thoughts, but I just and
1: sorry not to cut you off, but not to mention for content creators that like the the fear mongering on consistency being the name of the game in terms of growth has to be something that you were thinking about, you know? It definitely was. And I had just started to like get into a nice cadence of growth on Instagram.
0: I will say for YouTube, I I had pre uh, filmed all my videos to (laughs) go the, the two months, it was good. I ended up missing like two or three weeks, but um. YouTube, I don't have as much of a personal community, like, you know, connection with to that audience. So I did feel like, okay, let me just keep that going. And that was easy for me to pre-film, whereas like, I'm not as engaged in, you know, the day-to-day stories and everything. Um, So I just decided it was, it was going to be better for my happiness long-term, honestly, if I just took a little bit of a step back and, and like what, you know, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was crazy, but it was, it was really nice.
1: It were was, you like thinking about it for a while and you were like, it's going to be two full months or you're like, I'm just going to take a little bit. And then it extended into two months. Like I want details.
0: I was basically, um, I planned on doing it for like about two months, but I decided to announce one month because I was like, I don't know if I changed my mind. I don't want to like, whatever. I didn't want to put myself in like a position. So I was like Mm -hmm. about four weeks and then I just decided to leave it. Honestly, even when January came, I still waited like a week or two and I was almost contemplating going like a few more weeks, but I was like, let me just get back into it. And I just didn't want to like
1: stress it. So what was your biggest learning during that time? First
0: of all, it was so nice to just that my biggest takeaway number one was like losing my phone addiction. Um, I think that I was so used to having my phone on me at all times and like I haven't slept well for like the last year and like, I don't know what, it, and I used to really sleep well. Um, and I d- could never figure out what to, I even like started like trying CBD, which like I'd never even really wanted to, not that I'm against it, but it just wasn't really my thing. Um, it does the, it
1: doesn't work for me for sleep. By I thought
0: that did work for me. Like I found a really, really? Have, you, have you gone to the Alchemist kitchen? Mm-hmm. Um, it's this really great place in New York. It's like Very organic. It's local. It's like triple checked, or I think quadruple checked for toxins. Like it was seemed very high quality, and I did like the lowest dose because as soon as I start to feel anything, I'm like, oh my god, I'm high, and I freak out. Same. (laughs) I'm like the second I feel
1: like I lose control, I freak out. Last night, actually speaking of Botox, I literally had a nightmare that I was like, I can't reverse it. Like that's it. I did it. It's gonna be in my. No, like I I hate not being in control and like feeling like I can't get out of something.
0: (laughs) So I'm I'm the same way. But this one was like it's so mild. But anyway. Um, I was, I, so the one thing was not being addicted to my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I been like, it wasn't so much that it was just social media detox. I just wasn't on it. Like I just relaxed. I, I learned how to like, like no texts, even like my mom would be like, like you can't text me back. And I'm like, I'm not on my phone all day. Like I, I tried to like, teach people to not expect, not teach, but like, you know, train my relationships more. We're like, don't expect a text back from me right away because I don't want to be on your time. Mm-hmm. If I'm, I don't need to be like at, at someone's beck and call and text message all day. So that was really nice and freeing to just, I I'm really big on like the energy or like, um, that a cell phone gives me. And I feel that it just causes like a little bit of chaos. I don't know. Like just, I almost feel anxious. My phone is around me all the time. So, so I feel like, the
1: same about email. Just my cell phone, like the app. Just your cell phone. phone. Okay. Yeah.
0: Like something about it. Like I don't, when I don't have it near me. So since then, one thing I've done is like, I was sleeping so much better. Number one, that was my biggest takeaway. Like, mm-hmm. didn't need anything, slept through the night like a baby, fell asleep fast. And I was like, okay. So it was clearly like an overstimulation of like stress and anxiety. My second biggest takeaway was that, like, wow, the world does not revolve around Instagram. I think we live, it's like a second world. It's like, and and not even Instagram, mine was even more narrow of my space, right? Like the wellness space and people like everyone seeing what everyone else is doing. And like, there are so many other people on the internet, you know, not in like the millennial, like, like era that we're in. I think like stepping outside of that was really big to be like, okay, like everything you might think is a big deal. Like so many people don't, and you're, you're in your own head about that. Um, when I came back, I decided I wanted to share things like that. I just felt that I had more evolved into. And I think another thing is you feel like, well, people follow me for a certain reason. So I have to give them that, but not at the expense of your own happiness. So I think people will respect that as you evolve and change, like what are you supposed to stay the same? Like I plan on doing this forever. Like, am I going to stay the same for the next 30 or 40 years? Like, so that, that was really big for me. And just like not being afraid to lose people that don't like who I am authentically and just going with it. Um, I will say recently, you know, it's hard. It's easy to get right back into your old habit. So I noticed like, I'm on my phone, like, Oh, let me just do this one thing at like 9.00 PM. And like, lo and behold, I'm not sleeping well. So like just a few days ago, I was like, I am shutting off my phone at 8.00 PM and it's not going back on until like, 8am. That's like, and I have to draw that line. Cause like, I need to sleep. I want to feel totally. good. Totally.
1: I've yeah. tried, I've tried, I, I don't know that I can do like a full month, but I've tried at least like setting timers on my phone of how long I can be on social media, things like that. I don't mm-hmm. really stick to it, but at least like I I'm seeing at what point in the day it's when I'm getting the notification, which has been a little bit helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am curious on the point of consistency and having evolved into like this content creator, who's, you know, being very thoughtful and present on what you're putting out there. What's the line between like really putting out content that needs to be out there versus just trying to be consistent and being a, a presence in someone's day to day life, right? You know,
0: I'm to be honest, like still learning and playing around with that. I think like Instagram stories is interesting because you know TikTok I can pre-plan, YouTube I can pre-plan, and even post some videos, but stories I'm like still kind of figuring out because I know people like to be on the daily journey with you, right? Mm-hmm. But they. Because you, could, I could easily plan out tons of helpful content, but it's not the same way in which people connect with you. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just learning as I go. Like someday, I think I think my plan is to like have some content planned out, and then if something I I naturally want to share and if it feels organic, do it. One thing is the stress of like creating really really good stories and kind of having that take up my whole day. I noticed was kind of causing me anxiety because it was like you know, branding them and making sure I like tag everything. And I'm like, it would almost then cause me to not create it. So Mm -hmm. I've made the decision that for me and for my happiness, for me to like, still be able to share and provide value, it just will not be as branded,
1: you know, at least
0: get the story out there. I'll still provide And by
1: branded. Do you mean like, um, manicured and like like color
0: coded, like cute gifts and like, you know, all the right, just like, you know, and it probably will even be worse for me because let's say I'm not doing all my swipe ups or affiliates or whatever, but at least I'm still sharing what I can for my my own mental sanity. I think the days that I'm not filming when I'm filming, I'm like in the zone, but the days that I'm not filming, let's say I want to like check my email or like get some voiceovers done or do whatever. And then I'm storying. I feel like I open my eyes and it's like three o'clock and I, and it, And I'm like, what did I do? And then I get anxious about my day, so I just can't spend that much time on the stories. Versus, like, here's what I'm doing. It's raw, like,
1: you know, take the raw. People like raw anyway. So I think so too. I think so too. Um, Okay, so you have not always been a content creator. So I'm going to actually start with the way that I normally do the podcast, which is asking what you were like as a kid that you remember, Um, and if you have any childlike qualities that you find are kind of like infiltrated in your day to day now. As a kid um, I've always
0: been a little bit of a perfectionist which is now I'm trying to bear I mean I'm trying to get out of it but also like you know stay true to what might be natural to me figuring out how much of it was like you know was it insecurity or was it just because I like I like taking the you know when I when I enjoy getting ready but I've always definitely kind of like obsessed over like making sure I look perfect and everything's right and my outfits right before I like walk out the door um, I've always been pretty creative. Like I liked putting on dances or shows, and always wanted to, like, have a career in TV or do something like that. Um, oh, I, I didn't know that. You yeah, okay. I, I wanted I wanted to be a news anchor actually, but my my, my parents were like, "You were not going to major in communications." Okay, so,
1: well, that's yeah. a good transition to what you thought you were actually going to be. If your dream was to become an, an anchor, what was your like actual reality of what you thought you were going to be and your um, your career choice?
0: So I wanted to be a news anchor. I wanted to be on TV. Um, and then they were like, you know, that's not realistic. Like you might not get a job. So I went to pharmacy school because, you know, back then also there weren't like social media wasn't a thing. So it was kind of like doctor, teacher, lawyer, engineer, like, you know, so mm-hmm. I liked medicine. I just figured like that, oh, that that's the right path to go into. I wanted to be successful and make money. That was like why oh,
1: medicine out of like lawyer, doctor, all those things. Like why, why medicine?
0: But it's funny, because there's like a cliche with Persian culture. It's like you're either gonna be a doctor lawyer or engineer. And I don't know. I just always like liked the idea of adopt being a doctor. I thought it would be like cool, and I liked the field when I was younger. I was like, I don't know, just something that was put into my head, I think, honestly. Like I liked chemistry in high school, but not enough to like be passionate about it. Mm-hmm. It was really more so like this is a good career for women. You make a good salary. Um when you have kids, you only have to work like three days a week. And that was kind of why I went into it. And I share this, you know, I've shared this sometimes. I honestly like hoped to like marry rich and not have to work and just be a stay at home mom, like, which is not That's super
1: relatable, honestly.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I know a lot of people will think it, but not yeah. say it, but that I never thought I'd be passionate about a career. Like never thought like the passion I felt when I started this was like, I had no idea I had this in me that I would care this much.
1: That's very, very cool. So you went through the whole pharmacy school. You actually were a pharmacist for some years, right? How many years? Total of eight years. Okay. That's like no small feat to just leave eight years. Also medical school is extremely expensive. You put so much time and effort and everything into it. Um, At what point were you having the itch of that not being your calling and just something that you were like, this is not in alignment with me anymore?
0: So it was pharmacy school and it was six years
1: and... um, Wow, in school. So you practiced for eight years after starting to feel that. Wow. (laughs) Oh my God, Mona.
0: I know I graduated 24 and then I worked my last day as a pharmacist at like 32, but I started building this career. I think I, I started getting the idea at like 28, 29, and then I'd say I like launched at like 30. So I was working at the same time initially. Okay. But day one of working as a pharmacist, to answer your question, literally day one, Stop. I like got, I like, worked my first day as a pharmacist. It was in Venice beach. And I literally left crying and like called my brother. And I was like, cause I was living with him and his girlfriend at the time. We shared an apartment and I'm like, I cannot do this my whole life. I was so freaked out because I was like, okay, so college is done. No more spring break, no more summer break. Like my parents cannot support me. Like they don't have the means to like, how I like, over a hundred thousand dollars in student loans. And like, this is my life forever. And like, you get one, I think you start off with like four days vacation your first few years. I was terrible. I was
1: so shocked. Also like going into the workforce, I was like, what do you mean one week? Like right? it one week the whole year. And I was like, I'm very confused. I take like a month and a half off during Christmas break. Like, what do you mean? Isn't that interesting?
0: <laughs> I don't, well, it is. Look. And no one like preps you for it. It's no like, one preps you for it. And no. you're like, you go from this life of like, you know, just being a student and a kid, then all of a sudden it's like, well, there you go. And I think like, I thought it was a scary thought. And I, I guess like the idea of this is going to sound a little bit like weird and radical, I don't know, maybe radical, but like the idea of having to like answer to some, like your boss, right? Like I, for me, it felt like this, not. I don't like this. You're not my mom to tell me like when I can take a break to go to the bathroom or like what I can do. And if you have a great, I mean, you know, jobs now are so much more open. I think like millennial jobs and it's, it's a a different relationship, but I had really bad bosses, especially as like I was working at um, Rite Aid and it was just, you were like a slave, you know, like it was like slave driver. And like you, at one point they were like, you can't even drink coffee at the counter because it's unsanitary, like only water. Like you have to go in the back to drink water And it was just, you were on your feet all day. Like you have to give at least 10 flu shots a day. Like as if I'm supposed to like force people to get a flu shot, like it was just not for me. And I think like, I respect the field so much Mm -hmm. and like, I loved what I studied. I was excited to get into it, but I think it just wasn't for me day one. And then I had to start exploring other, other
1: options. So you started doing this on the side while you were working, what were you doing exactly while you were working?
0: So the first year I was like, okay, I I, I need to get out of this. So I basically started asking around and found a job. I quit in it after a year and got a job at a closed door pharmacy, which is basically Mm -hmm. like an office. So patients don't come in. We we worked with like really expensive drugs that needed like pre-approval. So basically like doctors would fax it to us we would call the insurance companies, do the paperwork, get all the like patient medical history and get it approved and ship it out. So it was like lots of arthritis, Medicaid, like injectables. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, there's like Persian pharmacy. It was like five of us back there. It was like, I could walk from West Hollywood where I live. Now I could wear whatever I wanted. Now I was like, this is my dream job. Like this is what I'm going to do forever. So I started there, and then, after like a year or so, I was like, "Okay, I'm still bored and like unfulfilled. Then I got into this relationship with someone I thought I was going to marry, and um thank God I didn't, but I was also like, Okay, when we get married, I'll quit. like I just kind of thought you know, he was going to be the one to save me out of that um and then that relationship did not go well, and you know we broke up, and I started seeing a therapist, and I was like... I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. And she was like, well, she said something like really profound to me. That was like, you're waiting for someone else to come make your life interesting. Like you basically get out of work and wait for him. And like, what's our plan? Like, whereas like your life isn't even interesting to you. Like, and I was like, Oh my God, all over my body. Right. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? I have all these loans. Like she's like, I don't know, like figure it out. And and that's when like Dr. Oz was big and blogging was like kind of new and I was super into like healthy, like healthy living and beauty. And mm-hmm. I was, maybe I can, you know, so I basically started asking around, I was like, I need to build a website. Maybe I'll be a consultant. And someone referred me to this woman, Marky Costello, who taught a lot of people in LA. She's like a hosting teacher.
1: So... I heard you talk about this on, a, yeah. on another podcast. Okay. I'm very curious. Keep, keep going.
0: So then I is went, she, is I... she still teaching? She's still there. Yep. she's wow. still there. I mean, I haven't looked her up, but like, yeah, she's, she's, she's like wild and crazy and really <laughs> talented. So I basically emailed and was like, I want a meeting with Marky. And they were like, well, you have to take her boot camp before you can have a meeting. I was like, I don't know what boot camp is, but like, whatever. It's so it was $500 boot camp. Um, so I go there and it's like me and like 25 people and you have to like go up and like read off a like people learning how to be a host. And I was like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, this is not what I, so cause they were like, oh, what's your brand? And like, when I tell you that was the first time I heard that word in turn like this context. Mm-hmm. So I did all that, did the bootcamp, then emailed. and they were like, okay, you can meet with her. remember it was like January 4th meeting, um, 2013. And I, yeah, and I gave her my ideas, and she was like, I really love this. Like, she's like, honestly, the only reason you wouldn't uh, succeed is if you just didn't try hard enough.
1: What did you pitch her?
0: I just told her, I was like, I want to. I first, it was called the model pharmacist, like the model citizen, Uh and which is so funny to think about now, but it was basically like me sharing beauty and health and skincare information from, from a medical background, relatable, um, like a Dr. Oz, but younger, you know, celebrity secrets in LA and whatever. And she just loved it. She thought it was like, great. And, uh, but she, she saw that I was getting emotional and I, I told, she was like, are you, are you getting emotional? And I was like, yeah, because I think like, sometimes you just need that one person to validate you. And Mm -hmm. I didn't believe in myself enough. And you know, I've shared this too. Like I didn't need her to start like I
1: need, but I needed that confidence boost because I just, I need to... everyone needs that. You right? have the idea in your head over and over again, but until you solidify. And also I want to call out the $500 money exchange. Cause I feel like when you're investing in doing something and also with this person who seems to be like a very legit person, mm-hmm. like you're kind of like signaling to the universe that you're serious. You're not just asking your friend for validation. Who's probably going to validate anything that you say, you know, it's, true. it's different.
0: It's so different. And then other people that might not be like, understand it. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, you could get so many opinions. I think like someone I respected to like, like, that's all I need. So from that point, I just like hit the ground running. Um, she, I took, I started taking classes with her every week to learn how to speak
1: on camera um, what were okay. some tips. I'm very curious. This is what I wanted to ask about this, like part of the conversation. Like what she did you would, learn from her?
0: Well, she would always say that they, would, so basically every week they had a different teacher, mm-hmm. Um, people that she had worked with or like her clients. So one person taught you about voice and one person would teach you like how to hold a mic, how to interview someone. One was like looking at the camera. They would always say like, who is your who's in the audience like picture her what him like how old are they what? and honestly at first i wasn't very good like i would have this kind of like glazed over look on my eyes and i couldn't like connect to the camera in the, in the right way i actually attribute snapchat to teaching me how to speak on camera because when it came first, it was just Instagram photos, and then when
1: mm-hmm. I kept looking, I got
0: comfortable
1: and I like learned. Because I can't had, get comfortable. I still I do it sometimes, but it's like I just can't get there. It feels it, so it, weird. It,
0: it takes like a little while, but when you I think Snapchat Stories because at the time they disappeared and like I didn't worry. Yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. It, it helped, but like I wasn't that com- at comfortable at all. They, what's funny is they would always tell me I didn't have enough energy, and I think that was also a little bit of a different time because everyone is learning how to be a host. And so you obviously have to be a little more like high energy for that. But there was just, I mean, you know, holding the mic, make sure it's never over you. Like it's in this hand and like Mm -hmm. a cool interview uh, tip was like to listen to the person because so many people are just thinking about their next question right before, like they they would have, have us get up there and they'd say something like, so like, Oh, okay. Angelina, how are you and Brad doing? And like, they'd role play and she'd be like, you know, I think like, we're not doing super well. And they'd be like, Oh, and, like, and the kids and they'd be like, you just got
1: breaking news and you're not paying, <laughs> and everyone's just like paying. It's so true. It is hard because you want, you have an hour and you want to get as many things as possible. I totally yeah. I got that. But the best interviews are the ones that you're like completely, completely present. Every interview I do before I start, I literally say a little prayer, like remember to be present because you You are very present though. You want to get to everything, but it's like have a human connection because that's where you're going to actually get more insights. A hundred percent. hundred percent. So, okay. So you wanted to be a TV host. You were trying to like pitch this to a network or you wanted to do it like blogger style.
0: I loved, I thought TV hosts would be cool, but it was more like, she was more like, you need to start a YouTube channel and you need to learn how to speak on camera. So TV in 2013. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so, and I like even created a fake reel. Like they had us, they had us film reels or just to like show people what you could do. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, my dream job would have been like, oh, let me be on like E and like talk about what celebrity do. Exactly. <laughs> like that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I started doing that. I built a website and then, you know, that's when I ended up pitching the idea or like asking a friend of mine, um, who was like a very wealthy friend of mine who, you know, I, I wanted his like business advice. I was Mm -hmm. so new then and he really liked it and asked if he could invest. And that's when like he invested and it was definitely the wrong choice because it delayed me like a year and a half because he was like, he just had a very different way of looking at it. I the, I, the fact that someone wanted to invest in my brand, I thought was like the wildest thing. And all I could see was short-sighted. Like, I want to quit the pharmacy. I want to quit the pharmacy. So I took it and it was the has been book. a
1: consistent through line. Is yep. like- look further. Don't look, further. look in the immediate. Even if, I mean, a lot of people that listen to active ingredient are in like a transitional place in their life. Like mm-hmm. don't feel so stuck in like that middle part of the hole, you know?
0: No, it's like you have your whole life. And I think I'm so lucky that I got out of that deal because mm-hmm. I literally signed away 65% of my brand, which Ona. it doesn't, it doesn't even make you run sense. this idea by anyone. I had no one to really run it. Well, you know, my brother was involved at the time, and he he had his like lawyer friend, and they they were both like, "Are you sure you you know?" And I'm like, "Yes, like this is the guy. This is like what I need. This is my break. Like this rich guy is gonna is gonna help me get successful." And he was a friend that I trusted him, it, although he wasn't, you know, he was a good friend, but not a great friend. Um, so I was just like, "Oh, like this is what I need. I needed someone like this to like believe in me." And his vision was just very different than mine. It was very old school. Not old. I mean, it, it was, he was like, don't say a thing about it till we launch your big website. And it's going to be like, don't talk about it on social media, which we all know is ridiculous. You mm-hmm. should be like sharing content every day. So I kept it a secret for a year until my big website got revealed. That was like, what, what? Like no <laughs> one cared. <laughs> like as if I thought it was going to be online, then like the whole world would come to me and it was like such a waste of a year and the videos were so bad. So literally like, like, great
1: learning. I mean, great such a good learning. learning. and I mean, obviously it set you back a year, but I feel like now you're talking about this and hopefully someone listening is not going to give 65% exactly. away. Nope. Of the company to someone. Don't give any of your personal brand away it actually makes no sense. <laughs> I don't know. Totally. Yeah. I'm actually curious. Like when he, someone's investing in your personal brand that hasn't launched yet, like what, Revenue streams like what do you what do you thinking? well what's think. actually wild is like he was um
0: he was very smart, so he was working with this farm this like um compounding pharmacy in Texas that was like really, really like they were making a lot of money because they were doing like compounds, which are specialty drugs. Mm-hmm. And he got them to give us like a five hundred thousand dollar um like basically sponsorship just like we would so they would sponsor our videos. The deal made no sense on either end but you know, there was three partners. It honestly, like it gave me money to basically last me a year. And then after that, I, and I, so I like quit the pharmacy. Then after a year, I was like, okay, well, I'm out of money and we haven't made any other money. So I had to go back to the pharmacy and there's nothing worse of like
1: thinking you're out and then having to like go back. It was super. To the same one, to the one that you were at before.
0: No. Um, cause that one I actually got fired from literally at the end. I was wanting to quit in like three months because they, you were
1: doing content or
0: because I was just, I, yeah, honestly, like, I don't blame, he was the worst boss and like a creep, but I don't blame him for firing me because my head was not there. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was just always wanting to like take days off. Cause I was a hundred percent focused on my brand. And, um, you know, obviously while I was there, I was like never making mistakes, but still he could tell. And, um, I was devastated because I've like never even gotten detention. Like the fact that I got fired was like, oh my
1: god! it thought it was the end of the world, but I was so happy because I might not have ever quit. Totally, you know. So, it was so a- okay. So what was this? What was this when you had to go back? Which I feel like we need to talk about that in detail because, I mean, you already had a few setbacks before. So like the resilience to keep going after that and after having like gone to another pharmaceutical role is like pretty amazing. And um, I'm like, oh man, like that. <laughs> that was tough. Like I forgot how bad it was. Like think about how far you've come. That's crazy. Right? Like, yeah. And I also want to get to the fact that you actually tried YouTube two different times. And I don't know if th- this is like correlated. If that... Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. So the
0: first time, well, the first time was with his partner Okay. and the videos actually, no, I'm sorry. Kind of three times. So with him, we put them up there, but I wasn't really active on YouTube and mm-hmm. the videos were just like, they were like basically 90 second to two minute videos of me talking about vitamin C, but it would be like part one and part two. And it was super professional. And Mm -hmm. like, it was lame. Um, so after you should do a, where it started, how it's going, I actually (laughs) wish I could find those videos so bad people would die. Um, so after we launched the website, um, basically two months in, we were all kind of just like, not in, he, he wasn't being as active as I wanted him to. So I reached out and I was like, look, like, I'd rather just have this back. Like he had so many other projects going on. I wasn't his priority because to him, he was like, oh, I invested whatever. Like, I don't care. And he agreed. He's like, let's just, just take it back. Whatever. We, You're lucky. I was very lucky. It went my own way. Um, so after that, I found a job at like, a, it was a regular pharmacy, but it was independent. So it wasn't like a big, you know, retailer, mm-hmm. which I always found that basically any other job I got after that, I almost like worked at a few different ones, a few hours here. What's kind of cool being a pharmacist is you can literally work at any pharmacy with your license. So like there would be like a little community of us, um, and people would be like, Hey, did someone, anyone want my hours next Thursday where so-and-so, and I, I didn't would know that. Yeah. Because no you can work as like a floater filler pharmacist and you don't have to like be like a regular employee there and someone can just pay you like per diem. Oh, so it's, it's still it's still like that. I had no idea. Yeah, as long as you're an active California license, you can do that, or whatever state you're in. That's so. so I would cool. I would work I like take people. tests every
1: so often. We just have to do 30 continuing education hours every two years, but no exam. So right now you can like pop into a a Walgreens and. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: a big one like that corporate might want more like drug testing and whatever, hmm. but like independent ones don't care as much.
1: Damn. As as yeah. So, so interesting. I had no idea.
0: So I was pretty much just like getting by with like some hours here. I moved out of my apartment. So I had my apartment in West Hollywood. I moved in with a friend. First, I was like basically living with my one friend, like in her bed with her, like for like a month until I figured- I did that with my best friend. Right. And she was always (laughs) in her boyfriend. So basically I lived in her apartment. She was never there. Um, And then I moved in with my friend and her and her boyfriend lived in this big house and they had an extra room and they were like, just paying us a thousand dollars a month, which in LA is, yeah, amazing. So I did that for like two years and I just kind of, that way, like I didn't have to worry about working a full 40 hours. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, social media is the play. No one cares. What about me. it? Just like I was so, with, with my previous partner, it was like, let's build this crazy massive website. But like we were competing with huge companies You know what I mean? Like my like web. Who? Just,
1: to, just to have context of like the time, like who, who would have been the competitors?
0: I mean, creating like a health website, like a WebMD. Like I was oh, trying I to create it. a content-driven uh-huh. website that was solely me. So it was just like, it was silly.
1: I mean, um, it could, I mean, now you have a huge name and following. It's not that it can't happen, but I, if I, I had, understand.
0: If I had the leg room, right? Yeah. But like, it was like, we had one marketer meet, like, you know, there was no one else writing and like we, mm-hmm. so it was, I don't know, just wasn't the game I was signing up for. That's not what right. I wanted to do. So. Then I was like, I need to do all social media. So then I was kind of just like starting from scratch with social media. And that's when I started doing that. Um what year
1: did you start doing social like consistently?
0: I wanna say that was like
1: 2014, 2014, wow. 15. And was it it was Instagram? Yes, okay,
0: solely, solely Instagram. Um, and I started, I was even working with like other marketing companies, like just to help me like, okay, let's like, you know, trying to get people to shout me out. That's when like shout outs would help on Instagram, <laughs> you know, uh, now it like would never do anything. That's um, so funny. and that's when I was like more memes, I would be like, you know, fruit, like blueberries are great for whatever. Like it mm-hmm. was a lot of content like that. I love the people who followed me since then. Cause it's like such different content.
1: That's so um, awesome. I want to go back and see
0: Right. So I, I've never deleted them because it's like fun to see yeah, you all the way back. Them. 100%. Yeah. hundred percent. So I did that and I was basically that, that was the slow progression up, um, where I was working. I, I ended up getting a pr- almost full-time position at this one independent pharmacy, um, where, you know, the, my, that was pretty much the last one that, that I took. And that's the last place I worked and they were really flexible with my hours. So I I was able to pretty much create my own hours. And I, I, I decided to do like Monday, Monday, Tuesday, full day and half day, Wednesday. And then I got the rest of the week off that way. If I ever wanted to travel or do anything, I was open for filming and I tried launching my YouTube channel around then, but it just didn't hit. It was very like hosty and like, Hmm. I tried to make it almost a little more like, like E again, you know, kind of like that, that vibe music and like. It just didn't do well, so and I, I was like, my brother was like helping me edit it. That's when he was still kind of helping me with my brand, yeah, and a part of it. And then we decided to just like not do that anymore. And I was like, I just need to do this. Okay, color
1: I'm color actually color. curious about this. How long? How long were you trying that one before you were like, okay, not anymore? So not like long, maybe like four months, three Okay, months. so uh, uh, like, well, how do you determine whether to keep going and having like the consistency? Or like, is it like a gut feel that you're like, I need, I need separation to like figure out what the actual thing I want to do is or, or you what know, was it, your thought?
0: It was more that like, honestly, with then I was working with my brother. It was just not like, it wasn't a good working relationship because there, our roles weren't clearly defined. And you know, like he, he actually had part of my brand at the time, which he gave back to, because it just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And It was more like, oh, well, if you have 20% of my brand, 10%, whatever, you need to like use that value. So you edit my YouTube. Like, it was like, what are you doing to like own that? Which, right. Which there's so many things that it just, we were, I was so new at it. He was still pretty new at it. So he was literally learning editing. And then it just like wasn't, it was chaos, you know? Like, we were, and it it was just working, I think, with a sibling is tough. I don't know. I think, because you're like, don't tell me what to do. It's just, it was just like, not a good. Is he older or younger? He's older. Mm. And it was my brand and like, and he's also very like, he has very strong opinions. So when he would be like, I don't like, he would try to like share his opinion. I'd be like, well, it's me. Don't, you can't tell me like how I want to represent myself, which also, so it was just a lot. So I didn't really go for it that long. Um, once I got everything back and then once I started growing a little bit on Instagram and started getting a stride and felt Snapchat really helped. And I started feeling like I knew how to share things and stories. And like, I knew the content people were like gravitating towards. That's when I relaunched YouTube. And I decided like, I was actually like, I need a place for like long form content where people, cause like, you know, obviously stories would disappear. Mm -hmm. It was really like in my head, my intention was like to give people something to reference. Like, Hey, you guys don't know what I'm talking about for food combining. Go check out my video on YouTube on it. Mm-hmm. And I think when I went into it with that, with like, okay, what valuable information can I share? It just like organically took off. I don't know. And I will say though, um, having someone film it for me and having someone edit it for me really helped me. I mean, s- most people I feel like do their own, like bloggers do their own. I cannot.
1: I totally agree. And it's like, what do you actually like doing? I not and not to say that like in the beginning maybe you do have to edit it yourself because you can't afford someone doing it. Right. But, I mean with this podcast I started editing it myself and then I got to a point where I was like I just really don't want to anymore. I hate it. It's a time suck and pass it off. Like if you exactly. can that investment is like so worth it and look at where you are now. If you I, if you exactly. would have had to continue to edit, would you have still done it no. today? I and I, it was honestly I
0: never even even uploading. <laughs> I would say this like when I, even the first month before I even had my, my photographer film it for me, I was like, I bought a camera and let me film it. It was like overexposed. It looked like shit, like uploading it to my editor. I took all night and then it failed the last hour. And I was like, I oh cannot, I cannot do this. So my photographer at the time, I was like, Hey, can you just film me and like transfer the footage? And he was like, yeah, he charged me. I don't even remember what he charged me. I mean we worked together for so long. He was really hooking me up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I posted on Instagram that I was looking for a video editor. This guy, Minor or reach out who I still to this day work with.
1: That's amazing. Um,
0: he gave me such a low rate and he basically like, he wanted, he wanted to work with me. Like I needed someone. Um, I've introduced him to so many people to like, you know, get him any help I can. And mm-hmm. he basically manages my YouTube channel for me. So he helps me with SEO and stuff. And like, keep, that's amazing. You know, titles. It but it he uploads, a, well, he, <laughs> and he, Yeah. No, my, my, he uploads, he does everything for me, so I don't That's have to, right. but yeah, but I would, you know, I was working at the same time. So I had money to hire someone. Like if I, when then I did that for like three years
1: until I was like, okay, you're working and doing this on like the, what it, what was it? Wednesdays and Fridays or something that you had? I was, wor-
0: I was working. I'd, the The Monday to Wednesday thing was probably a year and a half, two mm. years, two years. But before that, I was still working at least twenty hours a week. So for three years, I was like consistently doing both. Wow, building my brand.
1: Wow. So at what point were you ready to do it full-time and like leave the pharmacy title behind you? I feel like that is a huge transitional moment. You're kind of saying bye to your safety blanket. And then second Um, brings the question, how did you start monetizing and actually being able to anticipate how much you're going to make per month? Because I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't really know when is the right time. I I got my
0: first first ever big brand deal from this brand Solwasu, which is so like full circle because I love them. And they reached out to me and offered me this like amazing deal to like do these events and whatever. And I was so excited and I was like, okay, maybe this could actually be something. And then someone approached me about an online course. And I were course concierge approached me. I was like they were just starting their company, but they had done it really successfully in Europe before then. So they were starting their American company and is it like a with honors type thing? A little bit different. There's just a little more like master class. Okay. Um, this is a, it was a little more like hefty. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, like kind of like online course okay. and the process, it was like a three month process. Like we built it. They did really cool, sophisticated stuff. Like we had my audience take surveys and see like what they were most interested in. And we had so many content planning calls where we would just talk, they'd ask me questions and then we'd write it down and we knew how to like, they helped me structure the course. Mm -hmm. Um, we filmed it over three days and it was actually now the ex-husband of a good friend of mine. Um, and they're still super close. They have two kids together, but I was, you know, it was like family. So I trusted, Mm -hmm. like, I was like, what, you know, no skin off my back. Like I'm trying this thing. And, and then, you know, I think we made the first one, we made like $30,000 in sales, our first launch. And I was so excited. I was like, okay. And then like we did two other launches. And I think at that point I was like, okay, maybe I can start to do this now. And that's when I left and decided. And in the pharmacy I was at, I told them like at some point soon, I'm going to leave. So they were like, just give us a
1: heads up. And I gave them like a month heads up. And That's enough. pretty incredible. Did you have yeah. in the back of your head, like, if this doesn't work, I can go back?
0: That was always kind of a thing. But I think when I left, I felt like I'm never going to go back. But yes, there's still, it's funny. I'm such a superstitious person.
1: I'm trying to learn not to be. So am I. I still Like Number like, seven is like my everything.
0: It, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> I got like, I'm still on the email list for like APHA, which is like a pharmacy organization I've been in since college. And I'm like, if I unsubscribe, am I, what if like, Oh, so you, funny. you know what I mean? But I like finally unsubscribe. I'm like, no, I'm done with this part of my you life. Did? That's yes. good. That's an energetic, like cleanse. Exactly. Bye. Exactly. Like I can't. So I felt like I was not going to go back. It will say it's nice to know that like, I'll never be homeless because I have my degree forever, but I do feel stable. Like, I'm more successful now doing what I love much more than I was being a pharmacist. And some days I have to pinch myself being like, I would have dreamed of being able to like have the opportunities I have now. Cause you know, there's days where you're like, I don't feel like it. Or you're like, what Mm -hmm. am I doing? Like you, I'm, I'm genuinely grateful every day. And I think it's because I hated what I was doing. I was so miserable, like going into work
1: every day to a job you hate, like sucks. Wait, that's a really good transition into like one of the main questions I ask on the podcast all the time. Because like I said, like the listener is someone who is probably in some sort of like place like that, you know, either at a job that they hate or just like questioning if that's what really fulfills them. Mm -hmm. What, um, What advice would you give to someone that like may not even know what question to ask themselves or like what those first steps should be? Um, in terms of like, transitioning out in terms of like finding what that thing is for them, you know, like, I feel like you and the, like little Mona wanted to be a TV anchor, but like you had some sort of idea of what that was going to be, but maybe like the YouTube and social media things didn't transpire until later, but you kept going at something. Right. Um, if someone has like some sort of itch or like, doesn't know how to put one foot in front of the other in a transitional time, what advice would you give them?
0: I think the one thing is like, think of what I always like to say, think of what you would do for free Mm -hmm. and like being on TV or working in TV is something that I just, it excites me. And I think that's something I would have done for free. And then like, what are you really good at? So like, if you can combine those two together, I, I found that I was so passionate and good at the health and wellness space. I understood it. I liked it. I liked talking about it. And lucky for me, like match the background that I had, because it could have not, you know, they can go in different directions. So I think like really thinking like, what am I really good at? What do I like love to talk to people about? What do I love to share? Like, am I knowledgeable? Could I be successful at this? And then, and then just like also use like kind of your common sense and really not not common sense, maybe self-awareness and like, am I actually good at this or do I just like it? Like, can I, do you think I would be good in this space? But I think for me at least, even when I worked at the pharmacy, like taking all those different pharmacy jobs, it was like pay cut after pay cut after pay cut. And I was still so much happier. I was like literally happier living on my friends in her bed or living, you know, in a tiny room, at my friend's house with her boyfriend, like, you know, her and her boyfriend and me in like a tiny room. Like I was so much happier than going into the pharmacy. Like, and I, I was always so money and success driven. Like I just, that's why even, you know, part of the reason I went to pharmacy school, like I want to make good money. I want to be able to
1: buy nice things, but it's just not worth it. Like I'd rather have less and be happy. So I think like- When did that transition in your mind happen? Where you like identified that? Was that through therapy? Like how did you re really kind of focus what your drive was coming from?
0: Um, honestly, I think just working at Rite Aid, I hated it so much. And when I got offered the job for like 15,000 less a year, um, I was like done. Like I want, I want to work on Beverly drive where it's like, you know, close to the coffee bean. I want to have, be able to wear a hoodie to work. Like I like being in this area. Like I was, it was done deal for me. And like, I didn't live any differently, honestly. And what I really, the thing for me too, though was I had so many student loans that the first few years I was paying them off as aggressively as I could. And then I like pretty much deferred all of them for like three years, as long as I could, I just kept deferring and deferring. And I was like, I know I need to spend my money in this right now, but you know, even going for making like so much less than I was, I didn't live that differently. I feel like you kind of just adapt. You think that like you need, right. Like all these things. It's so true.
1: It's right. So true. Like it wasn't that different. I don't know. And I think that like also something that I've, I've at least witnessed having gone on my own is that like, when you think that like it's not going to come in. It all of a sudden does when you're like, you know what I mean? Like it just happens. Like I've, I've been at points where I'm like, well, I don't know what the next like three months are going to look like. And then when I, I I really like have no idea what tomorrow is, then tomorrow a new deal comes in and I'm like, Oh, whoa, you know, it just happens. I don't know.
0: agree. And like,
1: even, you know, even
0: like I wasn't making as much money, but different opportunities opened up for Mm -hmm. me. Like, you know, whether it's like life opportunities or business opportunities, or maybe when I, you know, it's just, everything kind of happens and and I'm still learning to just trust the timing of the universe because mm-hmm. learning to flow with it instead of fight it. And just, so know, you know, it's And so I feel true. like
1: your journey is such a testament to that. I mean, like it... it people probably see you or like find your Instagram or YouTube and they're like, oh, she became, you know, a YouTube sensation or an Instagram content creator overnight. And it's like, no, you had two times before that, that you tried and failed. You had to go back to pharmacy, a, far, a pharmacy job that you clearly hated or that one you didn't hate as much, but whatever. You didn't like it. I still didn't want, Yeah. I still, you, didn't That want wasn't it. what you wanted to do. And it took several iterations, several tries, having your company be partly owned by two different people. You know, like all of these different things that like and I, I always talk about delayed gratification on the show because our generation is the generation of now. And like I just think that your story is a clear kind of indication that delayed gratification is where it's at. <laughs> you know? You know, and
0: there's so many times that I've looked at other people where I'm like, Man, they just started posting like three years ago and they're already like way ahead of me or like it comes, you know, but you just have to trust like what's like when your moment will be or like what what's right for you and maybe mm-hmm. like I notice that people always ask like, what's next for you? That's like the most common. So what's next? What are you working on? And like, it almost used to make me feel not like a little insecure. Cause I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't have this big thing to promote, but I'm like, this, nothing's next for me. I'm in this moment. Like it's not, I, I know it's not right right now for me to push like, or like start creating a product or doing, I know that like, I'm just still kind of finding my cadence in New York and like we're in COVID and I'm um, I'm settling into my new life
1: and like, that's okay right now. I don't have to be like, what's next? Like just- That's okay. so refreshing to hear. Right? I got like, from that. I keep getting them, but it's so refreshing and it's so true. And honestly, I probably would have asked you what, like, what's, it's what's your normal. plan? It's a natural question, but that is so true. And I, I'm going to check myself when I ask us that question because I shouldn't be, I feel like it's like, What you're doing right now is exactly what you, what you are doing. And many
0: people are happy to like promote what's going on next. And maybe I have a product, I'll be excited about it, but it's okay to not have to like, you know, like to so many people, like I've already made it to me. You know, most times I'm like, Oh, when am I really going to make it? Like there's, it's all perception on what you think. Like everyone, it's just what brings you, this could, if this was all I did the rest of my life and like made the money I'm making now and like was creating, like, this would be an amazing life too. I don't have to have like, you know, and not everyone totally. has to create the next big billionaire like products, right? Totally.
1: So what would you say is like your deeper active ingredient with what you're doing today? Like an active ingredient is kind of like what it's the name of the podcast, but it really is like the deeper mission behind the content that you're putting out or the connection that you're trying to have with your community. What's that for you?
0: You know, I think like more consciousness is really big for me right now. I'm on such a journey myself of like connection and like trying to heal old things and like old trauma and wounds that I didn't even know existed. And I think like the more you get to know yourself and the more you're on that journey, and I share a little bit of it, but I'm, I, I'm also like keeping it to myself because sometimes you need to like work things out yourself and that everything is for sharing in that mm-hmm. moment. And at, there's a point where I do want to share it. I hope to, but I think just creating more like conscious content. Also, I'm really big on content that actually helps people versus like making it like good for me. Like, you know, I want, I want it to make people I feel yeah, like I will, I just want to do things that help people that make them feel good. Like, I would love to, Greg. Like, I think I'm getting more into like the clean food and clean living space. So, I love skincare, but my passion is kind of lying more towards the other end now in terms mm-hmm. of like creating a really incredible food product or like a cafe in New York City, maybe one day. Oh like, my God, please. Right? I'm like, we need an Airwand vibe (laughs) kinder. That's how I feel. We need one. We need one, right? That like is super healthy but like delicious.
1: Yeah. So. You mentioned something that I want to go back to because I feel like, as content creators and like the word authentic and genuine and all this stuff, is like, you know, we hear everywhere. Everyone talks about that. That's the only way that you can really grow. Mm-hmm. But what you're talking about on doing like the self work and keeping it to yourself first, I think is also something really important to kind of talk about a little bit more because I feel like everyone is now like wanting to cry on Instagram or on TikTok because you're going to, you know, blow up or like, you know, trying to like, it's kind of like I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of like you're you're mean. overproducing authenticity, I
0: guess. I, oh my god, like literally you took the words out of my mouth. It's a pet peeve of mine where people fake authenticity. Same. Where like you not and look, not everyone does, but I think like people want to connect people to connect with them so badly or to like feel that that they like overshare emotion or like mm-hmm. cry and I'm like I'm not gonna do anything like when it feels forced to me it feels for and honestly, like doing that on social media will be very inauthentic to me. Yeah. Like I that's that's just not something I want to do. Like if 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 it feels good to you, good and like if it helps people great, like I shouldn't be, you know, not not to judge, but I do think that a lot of people do that and it kind of bothers me.
1: Same, same you here. know, like and I feel like I everyone can feel it. I don't know. It's it's weird, but it's I also like It's, I understand content creators that do it when, like, that's the messaging that everyone's talking about on, like, what works, you know? Right. And I
0: think that's what I really try. So that's what I was getting into was like, and that's when I, before I took the break, was like, okay, what works? This works, like, these kinds of fonts and this kind of content. This will grab more attention. But I'm like, this is not me and I don't care. And I'd rather grow slower and do things that, like, feel good to me. And I honestly, people can just tell. That's why, like, there are so many people that are super viral and social with completely different feeds and vibes and whatever, but they're authentic to themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think sticking to like what feels good to you and like what actually works for you. And I, for me personally, like I know a lot of people love to see the journey, but like, I want to share it when I know, like, I feel like it was the right one. Almost like, I don't want to just keep sharing as I go. Cause it's putting too much pressure on me. So I think it's just choosing myself over getting likes and followers, like this is my thing. And I really want to like, have it been be, be sacred to me just to kind of go off that. I think there's such a like interesting line in terms of like being an influencer or being online. And then people thinking that that means that you're required to share every part of your life. Like you signed up for that. And I've really been, but like, it's something that I'm constantly like now ebbing and flowing with, with like, how much do I really want to share? but still let people connect with me because I don't think I ever want to be that, that public, which is okay. Right. You can be authentic, but you don't have to share like, cause I I'm just by nature, more of a private person. Like I don't want opinions on like my relationship and in my life, like, but I'll, I'll share the things that really do help, like how I'm eating
1: and what I grocery shop and like, you know, that that's just me though. That's such a good point. And I, I, I do wonder if people have like sometimes like gone so far and then now people expect that. And that, you know what I mean? Yeah, they, like, I, know con- people have. I think that they feel stuck because
0: they're like, this is how I got my audience. And right. I think that you don't you know, you, you could always get out of it, but I can understand that. And like, and I think people connect so much to it. Like, they care about you, but I also think it opens up their like the ability for them to have opinions and everything because mm. they're a part of your story and you're sharing everything. So they're right. going to have opinions, of course. And right. I don't necessarily want that. Like, you know, when I have kids one day, I don't necessarily want opinions on
1: like. That's the so true. <laughs> I think I, thinking. Yeah. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. Um, so you talk a lot about plant-based eating. Obviously healthy eating is like one of the main pillars of your brand. Um, when did you go plant-based or have you been plant-based your whole life? No. So I um, actually
0: used to eat everything um, grew up Persian, like me, everything, uh, growing up. And then when I, my last year of college was when I started getting a little, like really healthy. And that's Mm -hmm. when I, um, just started eating really clean. So that's, I, you know, less sauces and condiments, but still eating everything. Mm -hmm. When I moved to LA, I actually kind of got socially influenced by like, you know, all the new friends I made, like didn't eat as much red meat and whatever. So I kind of slowly just started like, like phasing it Mm -hmm. out. And, it was pretty much just like cheese, fish and eggs were kind of the only meat that, you know, once in a while other things. And then my brother, um, he has he, like these heart palpitations and he had to get like a small procedure. And this one cardiologist was like, you need to lose 20 pounds and go vegan at the time. So I was like, Told my mom and like his wife and his ex wife, I was like, we need to all go vegan, like to support him. So Thank I, you. yeah. So I was like, that's not nice if we're eating meat at the table or something and he's not. So I decided to go vegan too. And, and then I just stuck with it. And then, like, you know, my best friend at the time was vegan. And like, and then honestly, I, I loved it. Like, there's so much amazing vegan food in LA. And like, I just, it was like, easy so you are you plant based or are you vegan? Vegan. Well, vegan technically means you live a vegan life, so I guess I should say I went plant based. Okay. but now I'm almost fully plant based. Like I've kind of started adding in a little bit of fish once in a while to my diet. You know, even when I was vegan, like once a year I would have fish or something, and now I include it a little bit. But honestly, like I've just been trying to figure out what's going on with my gut health issues for so long that I was kind of willing to try anything. Yeah. So I had in fish once in a while, but for the most part, like I'd say it's like 90% plant-based diet. I also like hate labels. I used to love to identify with that and I took it out of my bio for that reason because I think it puts such unnecessary pressure on humans who are not black and white, you know, totally. like I feel like the pandemic has helped a lot of people get there 100%. Like it's like why do you have why are you one thing? Like if you eat Ninety-nine or ninety percent plant-based, and you have fish once a month. Like you're not a bad person. No. You know? like Why do you have to like only? Fit but it doesn't time? need to be there. No, it does not need to be there.
1: Totally, and I feel like that's what like the word "plant-based" just means that your base is plants. plant it like
0: technically means vegan. It be. No, actually, it means it up. The
1: official definition means mostly a plant-based diet, which is- Which one. is great. Which yeah. Is, I mean, everyone should be mostly eating plants anyway. Exactly. I think But like if you eat a little something else, I mean, I'm no doctor or nutritionist, but um, it just makes sense to me. I think there's so many
0: ideologies on it. And I think that everyone can agree that a mostly vegetarian diet is great. But I mm-hmm. think if you, I mean, some people like to add like organic grass-fed meat. Some people like to add in like wild fish, like do you? And yeah. Don't worry about the labels. Totally. I would They always make sure it's grass fed, hormone free, sustainable, local, all
1: of that. Got it. I'm curious for someone listening that wants to go into the content creation space, like how do you now build out your week? Or like how do you kind of like structure it so that you're you have days of creating content or email days or what does that look like for you?
0: I try to plan like two days of shooting a week. Um, since, you know, pretty much like all my income comes from content. So it's not like I have like you know, any kind of subscription business or anything like that. So that's like what I do. Um, and I plan out, we basically like, I have a Google Doc with my team and we'll look through TikTok and see trends or I'll think about um, just things that like I sometimes it's like, oh, here's a good tip. Like, and I'll write it down, like things that I'm doing during the week that just give me inspiration. Mm-hmm. And we'll write down different content pillars. And then we plan two shoot days. YouTube days are usually a little bit like two shoot longer. days
1: a week? One to two. Oh, okay. You know,
0: I was I should say that's what I was doing before the break. Now I've been doing like one a week. Okay. Um this week we're doing two because I'm getting back into the swing of things. But before that two a week was when I was really putting everything out. Um and I just plan like here's the message I want to get across. How can we do it for each platform? You know, so for YouTube it'll be like a longer video, for TikTok how can we make it fun? Should it be voiceover? Mm-hmm. You know, for Instagram and that's, that's just what we do. Do and you
1: then, um you said you make your money on content. Is that, do you have a different revenue stream? Like if you're, if you have a brand partnership, does it go through all channels or like, do you have like a different revenue stream for YouTube because YouTube pays content creators, right? I don't
0: know. Yeah, they do. So I have, I have an agency, so I'm with DBA. Whenever they work with a brand, they shoot, like they request like we want one YouTube and one TikTok. We just want Instagram and like there's different rates for everything. Got it. So that's how I make my money. But at this, you know, and I have affiliate links and things that are all the other Big money, but, um, I have to also keep up with a lot of organic content because mm-hmm. I, that's, you, you know, just get, like shot. <laughs> No, so I make sure like, I mean, most of my filming is organic content so that when the brand deals do come in, I can
1: have a do lot. You, do you have like a cap on how many brand deals you can do? Yes. I'm super
0: picky with it. And I've even like gotten less. So I try to do like, honestly, no more than like three a month. I don't like to do like two a week. Actually this week I have two that kind of like overlapped a little bit, which I wasn't happy about, but I really try to space them out because I don't want the people just don't like it. You know, stories I'll be a little more, could do so many more stories during the weeks. So that's okay. Um, YouTube, I try not to do more than I, you know, really was only doing one a month. I, at one point on YouTube, I was doing eight videos a month. I was doing two a week Damn, when I was in LA. It was honestly getting to be too much where I felt like I was forcing content, but I was doing that so I could take like two to three brand deals a month because then mm-hmm. it was like less than 50% of my content, right. but now I'm just doing four. So I'll, I'll only do one branded video a month on YouTube. Got it.
1: Yeah. I'm curious on anything that you're doing right now for personal development. Um, you, you mentioned that your content is evolving after you, you did this like two months or was it two months, two, two months month. or one? Okay. Two. Damn. It's, I know
0: <laughs> it's crazy, but literally nothing happened. Nothing changed. Everything just went right back. Just for anyone who wants to try it. Like, I promise you, we think like, what's everyone going to do? Like, but it's fine. Like the world goes on and then you're like, did you tell people people you like, did you tell your audience that you were going to do it? I told them I was going to take about four weeks.
1: Okay.
0: A month or so I left
1: it open. What did DBA say?
0: They were just like, okay, well, I, I gave them a warning like a month before okay. and I was like, look, so we were like wrapping up deals. I was like, I'm not saying yes to anything past November or past October. And we were like kind of gearing up. And there were some things that were in the works for like November and December. And I was like, no, like we have to, I'll either drop the deal or I'll push it. To, and then I was like, Nothing until at least mid February because I need.
1: I don't want to come back with, with deals. Like I want to and get they off. and like being signed just because like I'm. I don't know that world. Um Does that mean that you're still part of their agency or like you're? Yeah,
0: they, they still agent. they're like because they're still like pitching me. Hey, okay, can we pitch you for February for March? Like so they're still working. Got it. And you know like they have to make money. So like you know if if I'm not making money like if they're making less. So I can. Right. Manage, but I was really willing to like if I get dropped, if I lose money, whatever, like this is my happiness and and my health. And like, I want to think I'm sorry. No. So I didn't care.
1: So other than doing that amazing detox, um, what are some personal growth things that you're doing right now? Are you still in therapy? Are there any things that you think would be helpful for a listener who is in a transitional phase?
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm working with so many different healers. It's interesting because I get a little bit of something from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, like I started going to acupuncture and uh, it is, what's interesting is like the acupuncture isn't even necessarily like the part that I felt like was the most valuable. It was my conversations with her and it was very spiritual and healing. And like, we just, and you know, she likes to work with a lot of like trauma and PI. I think it opened up my mind to, you know, she introduced me. I was telling her I have this constant stuffy nose. I don't know what it is. Like I tried allergy Mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, I know this functional medicine doctor, Dr. Brian Asher, by the way, who's amazing um, Mm -hmm. in New York. And he's, he used to be an ENT Go go to him, went to him. He's like the best functional medicine doctor because he doesn't believe in any supplement, pretty much he's just like all spiritual. And he's just kind of like, how's your self talk? I he, need to go. Like, he, should I must be go. Making, <laughs> he could be making so much more money than he does because he actually cares. He does body work. Um, so he suggested like someone else to me and that opened up a door. And then like, you know, I, there's just one energy. like, I, I just feel like it's different conversations with different people and paying attention to everything now. Like every feeling i have like it's really being conscious of like yourself and i think one thing i've really learned is that we are so programmed to think that we're only supposed to feel happy all the time like it's good to feel happy like don't feel sad don't cry don't be mad don't be frustrated and like humans have so many emotions but yet we think we're only supposed to feel one i think like giving yourself permission to feel other emotions is so freeing and knowing that you can feel two at the same time so one conversation I had was like, because I'd be like, you know, like, I don't know why, like, I feel this way because I'm so happy. This is the happiest I've ever been. And they were like, but humans are complex. Like you're happy and you feel a little sad sometimes. That's
1: okay. And I There's think... There's a Casey Musker's song on that. Is
0: that <laughs> happy <and sad. laughs> right? Happy
1: and sad at the same time.
0: Right. There you go. Like, I think knowing that we're complex and accepting that. And also just like, if you feel a little bit anxious, like just feel it and let it pass. Like not trying to like fight everything. also just being aware of my feelings more versus like trying to push them aside. Because I think when you listen to them, it helps you dig deeper into like, Oh, like, why do I always feel like this at this time? So a lot of it's really emotional and like has been really profound. And I think when you're in a good mental place, everything else just like falls into place. So
1: that's, 100%, 100%.
0: That's my thing right
1: now. Okay, well, you're gonna have to give me the details of that functional doctor. <laughs> I, um, I always close out the podcast asking a lighter question. What is your literal active ingredient? Being a pharmacist, I thought it was a funny question for you. <laughs> Love that. But um, something that you have to eat, do, consume um, every single day. could be coffee, could be chocolate, could be anything.
0: Um, I would say obsessed with, with fruit a little bit every day. But I'm also like, right now, coconut, there's something about coconut yogurt, coconut shreds, like coconut milk. Like I'm a coconut girl. So oh. and, and like, and it, you know, I don't know, I think maybe because I was trying all these different diets and it was the one that was like allowed on everything. I don't mm. know, but I, I love it. Obsessed. Okay, coconut well, coconut coconut the best. I've never
1: thing. tried that one.
0: It is so good. I can't.
1: Okay. They yeah. so saw it at Deponier, which is like a block away from me. So I'm going to go get it. It's influenced.
0: It's a, little, <laughs> it's a little pricey, but it's worth it.
1: Okay, cool. Well, where can everyone find you if they don't already follow you?
0: You can find me at Mona Vand on TikTok and Instagram. And then my YouTube is still Dr. Mona Vand, DR.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. This was amazing.
0: This was great. Thank you. I
1: loved it. Thank you guys so much for listening. It would mean the world to us if you could rate and review us. And for more inspiration and quotes from the episode, check us out on Instagram at Active Ingredient. See you next week.